This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, and Blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days, they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, So the past few days, I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, Now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, Um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside. Uh, For instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, Based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, So I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. But if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, We want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there uh tanner where are where the fuck are we i'm in the co-working space that i'm always in oh okay great i'm here friday evening it's rainy in new york and not many people are out on the streets and when i came in today the lights were all off which i assume means that i am all alone all alone okay great in the co-working space. Yeah. My wife has a dedicated desk in the co-working space now because she has a book deal and is writing a book. Okay. So Humble brag. I left a little note on her desk. That's cute. Yep. And that's it. That's it. Okay, great. Um, it's a chilly 60-degree night here. Ooh, how are you guys surviving? I'll tell you something, man. It might be time to wear some sweatpants instead of some shorts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
you need like long jorts. Yeah, I need lo- extra long jorts that go down b- below my my knees, but leave my right. ankles cheekily exposed, just like we used to do in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> like Kevin Smith. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. Um, what's going on with us? Jack and I used to work with a guy named Kevin Smith. Yep, true, Kev. Yeah, Kev. Yeah. Can you imagine what it's like to be named Kevin Smith? I think that may be why he very very uh, politely but firmly insisted that we call him Kev. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I meant Kevin Smith from uh, Chasing Amy, not I got Kevin it. Smith from... Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, not Ke- Kevin Smith from Mallrats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, yeah. Uh, Mallrats is a superior movie to Clerks. Uh, I don't think any of them are good. Hot take. I don't know. That That's an opinion I had probably 15 years ago, and I haven't updated it. <laughs> it's probably highly problematic now. I think all the, uh, um, what is it called? Silent, Jay and Silent, Silent Bob, Bob yeah. movies are all pretty bad. Yeah. So there's, how's that for a hot take? That's great. God, our, our fans are going to hate that take. Yeah. It's like saying, like, Bill Biv DeVoe is bad. <laughs> uh, Boys to Men, BBD, another bad creation. Um, what's going on here, Tanner? I'm. I, Why do you keep asking? Nothing has changed. Well, <laughs> the environment is the same. The yeah. show is the same. Yeah, we're in the present day. We're in the present day. Okay. And and anything? Nothing. Should we talk about the you book? You and I... You want to talk about the book. What? Yes. Are? Yes. Baby guys. Yeah, and we're baby guys. Same guys. And adult babies. Yeah, same guys. You and I one day were standing on the street corner outside convenience store. Mm-hmm. And a phone box mm-hmm. appears. Mm-hmm. And it was Dr. Who. And it was Doctor Who. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he said, boys, I come from the future. Yeah. And in the future, it's a utopian society, and everything is based on the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. There's yeah. this woman named Michaela, Michaela. Lakeland, and <laughs> they sent me back, Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to pass, you have to get past this episode. Yes. Babysitter's Club Club Babies, number five, Christie's book. Excellent! Okay. Well, so you're telling me now in the present that this episode, which is Babysitter's Club Portrait Collection, number five, Christie's book, may go horribly wrong. Might go horribly wrong. Does go horribly wrong. Yep. We've got to go back into history. Okay. And then we didn't believe him, so then Michaela and Lakeland actually came back as well. Okay. In another phone booth and said, it's true, we're yeah. from the utopian future, you right. guys need to pull this off. Mm-hmm. They left a phone booth for us, and we went back in time and met our baby selves, which is us. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some adult babies, right. which is also us. Okay. That's the and thing about time paradoxes. Yep. Genghis Khan, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, mm-hmm. um, Aristotle, I think Joan of Arc. Not Socrates. Socrates. Okay. Is it Socrates, not Aristotle? Um, yeah, because they say Socrates. Socrates. 
The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh, right. Yeah. Who else? Mozart, maybe? Mozart, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And and they help us okay. make this episode. Good. Great. And now we're back in the present. Yeah. We have all those people with us, including the baby guy us versions of us and the adult baby versions of us. And they're Dr. all going to help. here, too. Yeah. And we're all going to... They're all going to help with the show. Perfect. That's great. So we'll do a series of voices. Um, <laughs> okay. And characters to kind of encapsulate all, and like inhabit all those roles. Perfect. I call not Genghis Khan. Okay. I call Socrates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're at. Great. Okay. That's fun. So what we read this week was a book. Oh, yeah. And what we do for the portrait collection is we um, travel in time. Because Anne and Jeannie have sent us back to discover what happened to these girls when they were babies. And we travel back in time. And this week, we're traveling back in time through the ministrations of Dr. Who from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and uh, Michaela and Lakeland from our own um, uh, almost exactly equivalent mythology. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something I'm just now realizing. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, and what we're going back in time to learn about is Christie's past, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is. Um, I loved this one. Yeah, of course. It's a Christie book. It's a Christie book, and it's just chock full, and it made me realize how much I love and appreciate Christie, and she's so great, and she's flawless. She's a queen. She's a queen. She's a queen. She's a flawless queen. She's a flawless queen, and we stand her. Yeah, and we do stand Christy, and she's so good in this one, and we learn a little bit about her past. We learn a little bit about um, her daddy. Yes, Pat. Yeah, Pat. <laughs> uh, not a real dad. He uh, she, At some point, there's shade on daddy. There's a later chapter is called My Real Dad. Oh, right. And it's about mean... Watson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because my name on Zoom yeah, is that we use... Mm-hmm. To record, to speak to one another is Papa Tanner. Yeah, I mean, it's not you. It's not me. Nope. It's millionaire Watson Brewer. Um, shall we describe what happened in this novel? Yes. Okay. Who goes first? I think I me? do. You? I do. Yes. And the way we do it, because it is a baby-themed podcast, and I will remind you that we are same guys but baby guys just like in the Muppet Little Babies. Yep. And it's not um, sexy and it's not sexual. That's correct. And what I do is I um sing a lullaby. And so this is a great time to tiptoe ever so quietly into My son's already asleep. Your baby's room. And that's why I He's said already asleep. Quietly into your oh, for and for listeners He's as well. Asleep. Okay. Listeners as well, tiptoe in, into your baby's room and if you don't have a baby, find a baby. Go find a baby baby. and tiptoe into their bedroom and hold the podcast lovingly and gently up to the side of their crib, and I will lull them to sleep. Are you ready, babies? Y'all ready to get lulled? And that's just to wake them up Yeah, so that they can, in case they are already asleep. So they're primed. Because otherwise it's a waste of my fucking time. Let's say it on three. Okay. One, two, three. Y'all ready ready to to get get lulled? Perfect. And that's great. Okay. Uh, it's time and to get that'll lulled. that'll shoot them up. Yeah. Now they're up. They're yeah. crying. Yeah. And here we go. And okay. Jack's going to lull them back to sleep. Okay. And I have written a lullaby that is about the plot of this book. And I will now sing it to you. It's a deep and endless sleep? Is that what we decided last time? A deep and endless sleep. Um, yes. Okay. 
Here we go. Baby Christy, here you are. Hospital is very far. If we'd known you were coming today, we wouldn't have bought tickets for the Yankees and the Braves. But Elizabeth is doubled over with labor pains. So maybe I'll take her to the hospital at the end of the game. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Baby Christy, you're so entrepreneurial. I wish I'd take can a fatherhood tutorial i should be proud of your snowman building idea but i've decided to abandon my family sometime next year you have talent in baseball that's something that i gave you hopefully that makes up for the fact that i frankly couldn't be fucked to raise you I like the rhyme in that last one. Yeah, thank you. You broke the rules to watch a movie. Elizabeth was mad, but I thought it was groovy. Then we had a great big fight. And I decided that parenting definitely isn't for me and made plans to abscond in the night. I'll come back to Stony Brook every now and then just to disappoint you again. And I think the babies are probably lulled now into a deep and endless sleep. sleep. Sleeping with the fishes. And the dark man will come and yeah. bring them to the dream gala. That's right. Yeah. Where they'll dance the endless dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just part of growing up. That's part, just part of growing up. Yeah. And this one was from the point of view of Patrick. Oh, yes. It was. Yeah. He had some forbidden knowledge about Christy, though. What was that? Well, he knew things that he shouldn't have known. Such as? That she's entrepreneurial. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's a kind of an omniscient narrator, a little S- bit. Are you saying Patrick is omniscient? It's it's what we call free indirect speech. Okay, I'm sort of saying it in his point of view, but a, l- but, with a so little. So he bit is of, omniscient. I guess he must be. Is he omnipotent? I, and he may be. Is he a god? And he may be. Yes. Um, and he's abandoned us. Yeah, and he has abandoned us, and the gods have abandoned us, and you heard it here first. Wait, no, this is bad. This is what this is what's preventing the utopian future with Michaela and Lakeland. Oh, that's what we it can't is. can't talk about the gods abandoning us. Okay. And oh, it looks like they're back. They're back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, gods. Hey. What do you think, Genghis Khan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> um, this is Genghis Khan's translator. <laughs> What does he think about the gods being back? <laughs> He's very pleased about it. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wait, Socrates has something to say. Okay, go ahead, Socrates. And arche en hologos kai hologos 
en tontheon kai hologos en paratontheon. Why are you speaking in Koine uh, biblical Greek instead of Attic Greek, <laughs> Socrates? <laughs> 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 nice try, Socrates. Okay, nice try. That's not Socrates. Um, that, so uh, we learned a lot about Patrick, and I guess this is actually a segment you like to talk about, which is called. Oh, yeah. Dad Watch! Dad Watch. Um, uh, my dad was a big Yankee fan, so he was pretty excited about this game. And because he is a sports writer, he Yankees. was always abled. Yankees? She says Yankee. She says Yankee. Which Yankee? It's a different... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. A-Rod. I don't think he plays anymore. Babe Ruth. I don't think he plays anymore either. Okay. Well... <laughs> and I'm afraid he's passed. He's a sports writer. You know what we could do, though? What? Go get Babe Ruth in the... Oh, that's perfect. In the booth. Okay. And have him help with this part of the book. Gentlemen... We're history. Perfect. Great. Okay, do you want to do the voice for Babe Ruth? I'll, uh, it's me, Babe Ruth. The slugger. The Boston, nope. (laughs) The Bronx bomber. (laughs) Okay, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Any questions for me? Yeah, we're going to have a book report on this, um, on this book at the end of the episode and we got to get it right. Last time we apparently got it wrong and if we don't get it right, it's going to the future's going to fail. Okay, happy to help however I can. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Keep you around. Okay. Speaking of dad's and time travel, Tanner, Jeannie Bettencourt did something pretty interesting in this novel, uh, which was written in 1996. She sneaky sneaky. By the way, okay. Did you see on Facebook? What? Do you see on the Facebook page? What? Baby Nation Facebook page. If no, you're not I a didn't. member of the Baby Nation Facebook page, just go to facebook.com and search Baby Nation and join the club. To sign up, and one of us will approve you. Yeah. Someone went and found a uh, podcast Ooh. that Jean guest starred on. Jeannie. She was a special guest on. Yeah. And she came on and said her own name. Yeah. And, so, and then someone. Guess how it's. Someone. Ju- guess how it's pronounced? Jeannie. Nope. Jeannie. Nope. <laughs> Jean Betancourt pronounces her own name. No, it's Jean Betancourt. She's so browbeaten. She's so browbeaten by people like you <laughs> that she's just fucking given up. Jean Betancourt. All right, all right, all right. It's Jeannie because uh, there's an extra N and an extra E. And what she did sneakily is she wrote this one in 1996 and then she traveled back in time. To take the plot mm. of it and put the plot of it in the BSC in the movie. movie. Yep. That's pretty sneaky. That is pretty sneaky. Yeah. Uh, when did the movie come out? 95. And this came out in 96. Yeah. This is just more of, of Jean up to her old tricks. Yeah. That's what she loves to do. I, oh, um, I did that. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> the plot line from the motion picture where Patrick comes back yeah. and sneaks off to... Spend time with Christy, and she has to has keep to it lie secret about who she's seeing. Yeah, that was me. I came up with that. I came up with that. Yeah, that's a Gene original, and and it, you can add it to the wiki. Put it in the wiki. Gene original. The first appearance of Pat Thomas. Mm-hmm. Pat Tom. Pat Tom. P. Toms. That was me, Gene. That was Gene. There's a basketball player I really like called Patrick Beverly, and everyone calls him Pat Bev. Okay. And I 
have to resist the urge to call Pat Tom Pat Bev. American sports. American sports. Yep. Um, oh, you know what you should do is describe this novel. Oh, I I thought I did. Not really. Um, and what I do is I crank up uh, another lullaby machine uh, that takes exactly sixty seconds. And I know. And uh, during those sixty seconds, uh, we'll have you describe every single thing that happens. Will you do me a favor this week? What? Instead of a lullaby, will you play some version of "Who Let the Dogs Out" by the Baja Men for sixty seconds? No. Why would I do that? Give me some reason. It's better. No. Absolutely. It's not. better. No, I will not. Please. If I can find like a blipcore version of it, okay. I'll do it. But no. Okay. Please do that. I won't. Here okay. we go. Ready? Yes. In yes. five, four, three, two, one. Chris and Amanda Thomas has to write a autobiography for school, and she starts when she is a young girl, I think like four or something, five, and she is feeling bummed because her brothers get to do all this cool shit because they're older than her and she doesn't get to. So she uh, lies to them and sneaks off to a middle school baseball game with them and then to go see a movie. And then the, her mom comes halfway through the movie and they get in trouble because she lied. And then she gets in trouble and, and is punished. Moving on, she it's like a two years later and Patrick... Thomas leaves and they all need to learn how to live without him. Moving on, uh, Christy is like 11 and she goes to baseball, softball camp, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's got like a dumb name, Camp Top Notch. And then moving on, um, it's the scene from the movie where Patrick comes back and they. Um, and time. Uh, not great. No, not bad. I did the whole plot. You missed the beginning where uh, Christy is born in a baseball game. And, That's true. Uh, you covered that extensively. I in your did song. cover that extensively in my song. And you missed uh, the whole plot where Elizabeth has to look after them by herself uh, after Patrick that. is gone. I said they need to learn and how to be self sufficient. Louis gets sprayed by a skunk. And they get themselves locked in the bathroom trying to wash Louie with tomato juice. And that's shenanigans, and that's funny. Um, and it was shenanigans. She has her first great oh, idea. Yeah. First ever great idea. first great idea is a, a snowman building business. And, and giving Mimi a scarf. And the most important part of the entire book, Tanner, I would like to talk with you about Carmen. Carman, okay. Because Jeannie has built a world. She's built an IP. She's built a fucking world. So they want to go see a movie called Carman. This is one of Jean's swing and a misses. Yeah. Where she's like, maybe someone will do Carman someday. I definitely <laughs> want credit for it. I think she's either just like vastly ahead of her time. Remember last week she was tasked with writing a, a believable farmer and she just had him go and like stand out and look at corn. Look at corn. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, she's like, what do farmers do? Uh, uh, he stood in the field looking at the corn, watching it grow. It's like, yeah, there's more to farming than that, Jeannie. <laughs> this week, Anne was like, uh, yeah, just I'll, I'll let you do it yourself, but it would be nice if you have a, a part where, she, where Christy sneaks out and goes to a movie with her brothers. And Jeannie's like, Movie. <laughs> Movie. Um, oh, okay. Uh, do you want me to make make it up? Uh, just just, re just remind me real quick. Um, 
What's a movie? <laughs> and I know. I just like, what do you think a movie is, Anne? <laughs> I don't know, like Batman. Okay, great. Okay. okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> and it's Carman. <laughs> uh, and she gives us the whole plot of Carman. Yeah. Uh, Tell me. I'm going to read it. The, the mythology is so rich. I love the Carman character. He was a superhero who could transform into a car whenever he wanted. Carman had a secret identity as Todd Jones, used car salesman. The citizens of Big Lee didn't know that Todd Jones was Carman, the superhero who protected them from the bad guys. Here's the neat thing. Carman didn't turn into the same car over and over. He could become any car he wanted. It was a great disguise and a great way to do detective work. About halfway through the movie, Carman turned into a toy model car in order to spy in the hideout of his arch-villain, Fire Breath. Yeah. It was the first time that Carman had turned into a model car. What he didn't know and discovered right along with the audience was that when he turned back into Todd Jones, he would be only four inches tall. Tiny. Tiny. Tiny Todd Jones. It's yeah. fucking brilliant, and it presages Ant-Man. This actually brings me to my first segment of the Okay. And it's this. Mm-hmm. Weeks... Adult baby, baby guy quiz of the week. Oh, right. Yeah, we do a quiz, don't we? We do a quiz every week. Okay. And I don't remember how the intro is. Uh, you know I'll say it to is? you, yeah, so you can say it better so I can actually do the music for it. It's called Babysitter's Club, Adult Baby, Baby Quiz of the Week. Babysitter's Club, Adult Baby, Baby Quiz of the Week. Okay, and that's where we do a quiz. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, which character from Carman <laughs> <laughs> it's four questions. Okay. Question one, Jack. We're not going to be a Christie this week. Uh, no, it's which character from Carman are you? Great. I'm fucking delighted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have one of these superpowers, which would it be? Okay. A, the power to turn into a car. <laughs> yeah. B, the power to turn into a car, but you're a girl. Okay. C, the power to breathe fire. Okay. Or D, the power to turn into Todd Jones, a used car salesman. <laughs> okay. I choose uh, power to breathe fire. Okay. That's, that's what I, if I could do one of them, that's what it would be. Question two, what's your weakness? Is it A, bullets, fire, cars, and other things that would kill any normal human? Okay. B, an 8.30 bedtime. Mm-hmm. C, Water, presumably. Okay. Or D, rust. Mm, I'm going to say B, an 8.30 bedtime. I like to okay. stay up a little late. Question three. Mm-hmm. What one word would your friends use to describe you? Okay. A, normal. <laughs> B, innocent. Okay. C, devious. Okay. Or D, pearlescent. Okay, well, okay. Perlesson is not really a word, but it's a word that's used to describe car paint. Um, I'm going to say, uh, I guess devious out of all of those. Devious, yeah. see, okay. Yeah. Four, and this is the final question. Okay. If you were a young girl, mm-hmm. which stage of your life would you be in? Okay. A, a 13-year-old girl secretly reconnecting with her estranged father. Mm-hmm. B, a five-and-a-half-year-old girl living in the shadow of her two older brothers. Okay. C, a seven-year-old girl who needs to learn to be self-sufficient when she's abandoned by a parent. 
Or D, a 10-year-old girl who travels to softball summer camp and needs to reunite the Blue Jays and Robins camps to win the all-camp summer tournament. Okay. That's definitely the, the, the one where I need to learn to be self-sufficient. It's a long process, but it's C. slowly happening. Yeah, C. You answered C three times. Okay. So here are the results. Yeah. If you answered mostly A's, mm-hmm. you were Todd Jones, <laughs> used car salesman and alter ego of car man. <laughs> if you answered B, you were car girl, okay. which is car man, but a girl. Yeah, and Christy plays car girl after she watches the movie. If you answered mostly C's, you were a car man's nemesis, Fireball. Ah, yes! That's what I wanted. And if you answer D, mostly D's, you are a car man, a superhero who is a car. <laughs> okay. That was a great quiz. Yeah. Uh, really good quiz. I was worried at first that you weren't as excited as I was about the introduction of Carman. I was this so universe. excited that I had to, like, I had, <laughs> when you mentioned Carman, I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it got to hold it I back. have to contain it. For the I quiz. have to contain it for the quiz. <laughs> I was very surprised because I was expecting you to be like, oh, I've been waiting. Because um, <laughs> Carman is amazing. And uh, uh, Angelo Tillery, the angel artillery, yeah, um, the sophisticated AI um, helicopter weapon uh, right. who draws the pictures inside the book, has created a movie poster for Carman. It, and it's something. It's something. It's not like what a movie poster would look like. It's not what like anything would look like. No, it's not like what anything would look like. It's a a castle skyline. That's, a, that's I think is a castle or maybe it's the skyline of a city. I don't know. It looks like the battlements of a castle. It's the battlements of a castle. And but the yeah. castle has eyes and they're the big yeah. big eyes and the eyes are big eyes at. and the left eye is very wide yeah. and long, and the right eye is not wide and long. Yeah. So this person, this castle is suffering from like astigmatism, or maybe like a like maybe had like Bell's palsy or something. Okay. Yeah, that might be right. Yeah, and the words "carman" are drawn in the shape of a slight a incline. Yeah, and the car is driving up it. Driving up it. And, and the car has no driver, which is notable. Yeah, there, there's another thing about Carman that I thought about because yeah. Christy later gets in trouble. She goes to see Carman with her brothers. She lies to them and says that mommy gave her permission. Mm-hmm. She's at the theater and the movie stops, and Elizabeth comes into the theater and says, "Kristen Thomas." Oh yeah, brutal. And drags Chrissy and Sam and Charlie. Um, Charlie out of the theater yeah. and brings them home and decides to dole out their punishment one by one and sends Chrissy to her room and starts with Sam and Charlie. Yeah. So Christy is left to her own devices for a while and needs to like kill time while she's waiting for mommy to come up and punish her. And that's where she invents the character of Car Girl. Yes. And says this. Okay. I lay on my bed. I knew I'd be punished. I tried to distract myself from worrying about that by guessing what happened next in Car Man. Then I pretended I was Car Girl. As Car Girl, I could turn myself into a big van and drive away from my stupid brothers and dumb old Stony Brook. I'd take Claudia and Marianne with me. Cool. So we know from the movie that there are some rules and parameters around Car Man. Right. And one is that when he turns into a tiny car... He becomes tiny. He transforms back into a tiny man. Yes. And what we can assume from that is then that if Christy turns into a van and Claudia and Marianne get inside her... 
Okay, yeah, they live inside her now. When, when she, she turns, turns back to a human, they would be in, stuck inside her. Yeah. Right? Yes. Maybe they shrink? No, it, she would be giant, I think. She would be giant. I don't know how, quite how to square this mythology from what I know about the books. The Carman books? No, the um, BSC books. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe there are a bunch of Carman books where, where they explain it. Right. I would love to read the that. The kids in Miss Carman's class. <laughs> I think that's what I that's wish. about. <laughs> that actually, I mean, what else would it be about? Yeah, that's got to be. Now what that it you is. mention it, yeah, we've never read those. I'm looking forward to them now. I am now. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. The kids in Mrs. Carman's class, and that's like literally what that means is the kids are Mrs. Carman, which is Christy, swallowed them. They're in Mrs. Carman. Yeah, and and it's like Herman's head. Okay, and that's, a, that's or like um, Inside Out, which is like a more re- modern and relevant version of Herman's head. Okay, yeah, and uh, for people who don't know what that is, Inside Out is a movie that's like, it's basically it's an like updated head. version of Herman's head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good. Okay, well, that's interesting, and I'm looking forward to Genie expanding the mythology Gene. in the world of Carmen. Uh, while we were talking about uh, the angel artillery, Tanner, yeah, he's really kind of made his presence felt, even though he is a subordinate to Hodges and reports directly to Hodges Swallow, who draws the covers of these books. Angelo has has made his presence felt in the portrait collection. He's trying to make a name for himself. He's coming for the king. Uh, we've been talking about him a lot more than we have about Hodges, but he did something scary and interesting this week that I'd like to talk to you about. Hodges did a very cute thing yeah. to Angelo. Mm-hmm. Which is, on Angela's birthday, Hodges gave him a stack of sticky notes on which he had written, uh, 365 sticky notes, on which he had written a compliment about Angelo. Yeah. And said, I want you to call me every single night and read one of these compliments and, like, we can discuss it and talk about how great you are. That's really And it sounds cute. Yeah. But it's actually very... Like, controlling? It's controlling. Okay. Yeah. He's he's keeping Angelo on a short. He's doing. It's like subversive. It's a it's a very sneaky way to keep. Angelo like at first you're like, oh, what a good boss, right? And then you realize that it's it's he's a control freak. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense why uh, why he is rebelling. Here's what he did, and it's scary. So all of the pictures inside the book and the portrait collection books, the conceit is that it's like stuff that Christy has in her scrapbook for, right. or that her mom has that she's collected to put into the autobiography that she's writing for the teacher. It's been true in all the portrait collection books. Same concept. Um, and so the we have the movie poster for Carmen. There's a picture of Christy when she's sort of a young girl and and first like is playing baseball. Um, and then there's a picture that is from the following scene. Louis gets stinky, stinky, stinked by a he gets stinky yeah. by a skunk. He's made stinky. And yeah. uh, Elizabeth isn't at home, and Christy and Claudia is over, and Christy and Claudia and Sam and Charlie all try to solve the problem by pouring tomato juice on Louis, and they take Louis into the bath, and they put tomato juice and water on him and he shakes it all over the bathroom and then they get locked in the bathroom. Right. And they can't get out. 
Right. And it's a disaster. The Janinius eventually, they yell to the Janinius, who is uh, walking Fucking by. Narks on, on them. And uh, Elizabeth comes in and like opens the door and is like, what the fuck happened? And the picture is a, a photograph of the moment that Elizabeth like busts down the door and right, finds yes. them with Louie and the tomato juice and uh, Claudia's freaking out and Christy's freaking out. And my right. question for you, Tanner... Who took that picture? Um, who took that photograph? Who took this photograph? Who took this photograph? They're locked in the bathroom with the dog. It's a photo well, that Christy kept. Somebody was photographing it. And, I mean, it's already spooky, right? Yeah. But to kind of add to that, yeah, the bathroom is supposed to be covered in... Tomato juice. Tomato juice, which yeah. Christy says looks like blood. Yeah. But looking at this picture, yeah, I don't see any tomato juice anywhere or blood. They took all the blood out of it. Well, maybe we can't see it. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. And is that a parallel to anything where the children are kind of being terrorized by someone and the adults are unable to understand or perceive the terror being brought upon these children? Right. Including a scene where... A young girl is in a bedroom, a bathroom, and the bathroom fills with blood. In blood. Okay. Yep. And I think I know where you're going. Would you like to read the passage? Um, the one where Pennywise takes their picture, or what are you talking about? Okay. Let me read you this passage, Tanner. <laughs> Let me read you this passage. I I noted this and wasn't going to talk about it, but since you mentioned that this novel appears to be drawing from the same mythology as Stephen King's It. Yeah. Let me read you this. It is not a great word to Google. (laughs) (laughs) Did you mean anything ever? (laughs) Charlie claims that I was always pestering him in the schoolyard. Claudia and I would march up to Charlie and the big guys he was hanging out with. I'd say something like, Charlie, will you play catch with us? Or... Let's play tag, Charlie. You can be it. Okay. So it's Charlie took the picture. Charlie's Pennywise clown. Charlie's Pennywise the clown, and he comes once every 27 years, and he terrorizes the children, and he feeds off their fear. Yep, and that's the answer to that. So actually, thank you for solving that problem for me. It's pretty clear, and Jeannie put it all in text. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's take a quick break and kind okay. of digest that. Um, okay. Do you want to say goodbye? Okay, he's gone. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level 
to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But I'm, now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven. D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep At playing least as 70, much as you 000. want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. But, it's and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge-worthy, and it's like, it's bite-sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge-worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the thing. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy That's sh- friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. Babies. <laughs> oh, look who's here. It's Sir Isaac Newton. Excellent. Oh, okay. You know he died a virgin? Okay. that's No r- judgment, if that's r- his choice. I'm rude to say. Something I know He's about him. physically present with us right now, in this <laughs> oh, moment. God. We brought him. Uh, Isaac, I'm sure you'll find someone out there who you're interested in and is interested in you and will die having had sexual intercourse, if that's what you want. It's a weird first thing to say to someone. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of, not everyone wants that or needs that. We kidnapped him in our phone yeah. box to help us with yeah, a right. problem. And I can I tell you the problem? Mm-hmm. Here it is. Listen to this. This is a letter that Marianne writes to Christy 
when she's at softball camp. And everything goes wrong at softball camp because they're rival factions and they fight each other and they prank each other and it gets out of hand and their coach quits. And the thing that brings Christy back into the uh, mode of realizing what softball really means to her is this letter from Marianne and it says the following. Dear Christy, I am having a wonderful vacation. We go to the beach every day. Last night, we went to a carnival. I rode on this carousel and ate cotton candy. I'm having so much fun. I bet you're having a lot of fun, too. Christy plus softball equals fun. Your friend, Marianne. Marianne. And that's why I have brought the world's greatest mathematician uh, to help us. Sir Isaac Newton. And again, I apologize for the virgin thing earlier. It's just something I heard. And I read it on Twitter, I think. You're on your own journey, and there's now that you know that, and maybe I'm altering history, and hopefully it doesn't have like a resounding effect on the future. But now that you know you die a virgin, you can go back and like have sex with someone, or don't if that's your thing. Um, and I'd like to say, Sir Isaac, that um, I always thought that it was you who invented the calculus and not Leibniz. Okay, and that's con- is that controversial? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Sir Isaac, I'd like to ask you another question. Yes. Uh, if first of all, Tana, yeah. <laughs> thank you for this information. It's good to know that the time I have left is limited, and I should get out there and get my, as you say, dick wet. Okay, that's unfortunate. so unfortunate. And Jack, yeah. I appreciate you saying that I invented calculus. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> okay. It Leibniz. was Leibniz. Oh, it's Leibniz. That's how it's pronounced. Yes. Okay. Well, you know the thing. And how would you pronounce the name? J-E-A-N-N-E. Janae. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and here's my question for you. It's a, yes. It's a, it's a calculus question. Yes. Please. If Christy plus softball equals fun... Mm. And Christy plus Bart equals uh? Uh? What is uh? Christy plus softball equals fun. Equals fun. Do we have enough to get to figure out Christy what? Christy plus Bart uh? equals uh. Mm. So we have to solve for uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, I wonder if it means that Christy plus Bart equals softball. Or it's like two pie softball. Okay. Squared. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I don't know. Do we have enough information? I'm not sure we have enough. Do you have more equations we can draw from? No. All we have, all they've given us is Christy plus Bart equals question mark. Okay. And that's Babysitter's Club number, I'm going to say 50. And then there's Christy plus softball equals fun. Right. But maybe uh is fun. Well, Christy plus Bart equaled arm stuff on again, off again relationship in which arm stuff was done. Okay, yeah, which I'm looking forward to at some okay. point in my life. <laughs> okay, doing so, with another human being. So, if question mark is arm stuff, then actually, we... I've I've done arm stuff. To- I've totally done arm stuff. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're halfway there. Three quarters. I of the love way there. it. Yeah. I think it's so good. It feels so good. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Christy, plus 
Christy plus Bart equals arm stuff. Okay, yeah. And Christy plus softball equals fun. Equals so, fun. okay, okay. So, this is my question now is what is f- arm stuff plus fun equal? And I think the answer to that question, don't answer it, but the answer to that question might change the course of your life, Sir Isaac uh. Newton. <laughs> and we've helped you. And I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Okay, great. Wow. And I'm going to take this back to my own time. <laughs> yeah. The 1700s. Yes, exactly. And introduce it to some of the lovely ladies or gentlemen, I'm not quite sure what my <laughs> persuasion is. Great. Of that time. Okay, so I feel like we've helped someone, Tanner. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Come back and help us with our book report at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, great to have Sir Isaac Newton on the show. Oh, it really is great. It's one of it's one of it's on my bucket list. Yeah, it's Stephen King, and yeah, and Socrates, who we also have. we have also had, and Sir right. Isaac. Great. And you're crossing off Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> off your bucket list. Um, here's something that troubled me a little bit. Okay. About the novel that um, is also math-related, and I guess I wish we had Sir Isaac, but we don't, uh, so we're just going to have to try to figure this ourselves. Is there another like famous mathematician from history you want to invite on the show? Um, uh, Carnap is a logical positivist philosopher who kind of kind of pushed philosophy more into a math. Not Carnap, someone type who you could do a role. voice for. Leibniz comes to mind. Oh, he invented calculus. Yeah, that's all I hear. Gauss? Gauss? Okay, yeah. Can you do a German accent? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so we've brought Gauss. We've we've taken our phone booth back to... Um, the 1800s. Still, still the 1800s. 1800s, Germany. Gentlemen, we're history. We've, we're knocking on the door of Johann Karl Friedrich Gauss. We're in Göttingen. Yep. Which is actually where... Um, the dream horse. Tanner's aunt lives. Oh, Tanner's aunt lives. Yep, that's fun. That's less interesting. And uh, he, we're going to ask Karl Friedrich Gauss uh, some another math question. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to ask him. Okay, great. Go ahead. Shoot. Karl Friedrich Gauss. Yeah? Here's my math question. Mm-hmm. You're actually the one who took the note. Okay. Uh, I J- not- Jack. Yeah. What you you're the one who took the note. So can you ask Gauss? And I'll sort of like I'll do my best German because I do speak a little bit of German. I I would just like to say that I am not a virgin. Okay. Uh, okay. Is that ch- confirmed or? Let's see. I'm gonna look up family. <laughs> yeah, Gauss's daughter Therese. Okay. So yep. All right. That's confirmed, Carl. And th- and thank you for the note. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. I'm I Carl. just I don't I guess I don't know why the episode has taken on this thing. Yeah. But I should say I Tanner Greening am also not. Okay. And can you prove that? I have a son. Oh yep. No. Okay. That checks out. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? Three fucking dudes in here. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys. Right. Three fucking dudes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I think and really... Jack, you had a question for Gauss and Tanner. Just a sidebar. Yeah, that's how you get along with a new bro. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Your thing with he kind of he actually made it weird. Yeah, and my thing is just now we're all fucking buddy buddy. Gauss yeah. kind of made it weird, but you <laughs> took it in stride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's my question, and I guess you can ask it f- f- of him. Yeah. The beginning of Christie's uh, autobiography is titled as follows. 13 years in the life of Kristen Amanda Thomas. The first five innings. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that means we know when Christie's going to die. Okay, so Gauss. Yeah? There's a game that Mm -hmm. hasn't been invented yet. Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe just been invented, but in the Americas. Yeah. Called baseball. Uh, I don't know it. <laughs> it's like um, field hockey. Do no. they have that in Germany oh, in, the, don't in know the it. 1820s? No. Um, what games do you guys have in Germany in 1825 or whatever? Is it like horse racing? No. Huh. Sort of. Elements of it are. Is it like polo? Oh, yes. It's a little like yeah. polo, except it's not on horses. And you t- so take the elements of polo that is hitting a ball with a stick, right? Mm-hmm. And then take the elements of horse racing that is running around a circuit. Mm-hmm. And you've essentially got baseball. Okay. I follow and you, you. And this you is a mathematics for- question. Yes, and you do it for nine innings. Yeah, each game. Ah, so by Christy saying that she is five innings deep into her life, mm. at the age of thirteen. At the age of ah yes yeah 13. yeah 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 yeah. So she will this this girl will live ten point four more years. Okay, so that's what. Uh thirteen plus. I am the world's greatest mathematician. Yes, and I am certain with 99% probability that 13 plus 10.4 is 23.4. Okay. And yeah. that seems tragically young. Oh, not in my not in my century. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah>. You guys <laughs> had like polio and like, yeah. 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 Can I well, go did, now? How did you die? Uh, or, oh, fuck. Excuse me? Excuse me? Katana? Um, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? What the fuck? I guess I'll say this, gals. Um, let me look. Oh, here we go. I can tell you that the date that you took me from my time is the 22nd of February, 1855. Okay. Here's what I'll say, gals. Yeah. I would avoid strenuous activity <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Anything that gets your heart working a little bit more than it should. Uh, like arm stuff. I wouldn't do any of that kind okay. of stuff. I, yeah. I had been planning on it. I would take it very easy. Uh, okay. Right. Okay, well, great having you, Gauss. Bye. You anything else? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we saved and helped another man. And he helped us. Yeah, and he helped us. And it, But it is that is sad about Christy. And it's sad about Gauss, because he, you know, I was looking at his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Heart attack. Oh, really? When? Tomorrow. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, maybe maybe we've solved his problem. Tanner, is there anything you would like to talk about or any um, guys from the um, past you'd like to... Uh, yeah, let's get a, another guy from the past, <laughs> oh, I guess. No, okay. 
Um, and is it Scottish philosopher David Hume? No. Okay. It's uh, Captain Gordon. Okay. The man from the seafood packages in the frozen aisle at your grocery store. Okay, so not fairly recent past. Fairly recent past, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, he's kind of a salty Mainer fisherman. Mm-hmm. And who can capture that accent the best? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who has to ask the question, so. Okay. R. Yeah, okay. R, tis me, Captain Gordon. Excellent! Yeah, let me make sure his name is actually Captain Gordon. Great. Gordon. Captain Gordon. Thank you for joining me here today. I'm glad we managed to get you from your time period. I And I said my name wrong before. It's Gorton, not Gordon. Gordon. Right, Arr. it's a well. It's like it's your main accent, I mm, think. Mm. Uh, ah, yes. So we discuss in these books. So we're reading the portrait series right now, mm. and we discuss a lot in these books that many of these girls appear to be kinds of seafood. Ah, my favorite kind of thing. Yes, and they're famous for your famous <laughs> seafood. <laughs> and I think you might just be a. Brand character. I make fish into sticks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So a few books ago, Stacy, it was revealed, is a lobster or some kind of lobster. Ah, lobster. A few books ago, it was revealed that Dawn is spoken to in a clam manner, implying that she and likely her mother are both clams. May I read you this passage, Captain Gordon, and get your take on it? That afternoon during practice, Samantha purposely got in my way when I was running to third and I lost the path of the ball. I made an error. I was furious at her. It's hard to play good ball when you're angry. I made another error on an easy ground ball in the seventh inning. Samantha was getting to me. We still won that game by a score of 17-10. to Good game, Robinson Blue Jays, Coach Martin said. Now go be fish for a while. Ah. It's free swim time. (laughs) Ah, It sounds like, and if I may be so bold, it sounds like at least one of these girls is a fish. Fish, right. And I need you to resist the temptation to turn them into sticks. Ah. (laughs) Okay, bye, Captain Gordon. Goodbye. Jack Christie is a Christie's a fish. Okay, and then because we were last week, we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it for Marianne. Um, but I think they're roll they're rolling it out here, and Jeannie knows what she's doing. Yeah, because uh, it's clear that they are all some kind of ocean creature, seafood. Yeah, yeah. And we got a clam, we got a lobster, and now we've got a fish. Um, I don't know why Jeannie's doing this. Jean, I don't know either. And it makes me feel like there's something on the horizon for us. Yeah. There's some deep secret that has yet to be revealed, and maybe that comes out in, like, the California Diaries or something. Because uh, we're running out of text. We're running out of text. Next week is the last portrait collection. Right. Yeah. And then we've got the reader's request. We're going to do the reader's request, and maybe there's something in there. Right. Very interesting. Um, I would like to call into our phone box. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Scottish philosopher David Hume. Okay, and and uh, uh, um, come on in, David Hume. Now what? 
I don't know. Philosophize with him. Top of the morning to ya, Jack. Okay, and I think that I accidentally... Uh, Tis me, David Hume, the philosopher <laughs> from Scotland. Sounds very much like you were from Ireland. Nay, lassie. <laughs> Tis me, David Hume. <laughs> oh, no. Top of the morning. And... And good luck getting me lucky charms. Okay. The the reason that I've called you uh, to speak to us is... Aye, laddie. Not to discuss your great treatise on human nature. Uh, or, <laughs> or your inquiry concerning human understanding. But in fact, uh-huh. just to say our burn of the week. Can I read one of my, one of my favorite Scottish tweets <laughs> to you, Jackie, my boy? Very uh, passable Irish accent and not Scottish. Can I read one of my favorite tweets to you, Jackie, my boy? Uh, uh, it's from yeah. Scotland, okay. which is where I'm from. Arr. You hear me? Okay. And here's the tweet. Okay. And it's from at Ryan King G. Okay. Just seen a bird shouting at her bairn to put his pants on. Then she pointed at me saying... Look, the man's going to steal your willy. <laughs> what the fuck? No, him, no. <laughs> um, for people who don't know, Scottish Twitter is the <laughs> ultimate so form of Twitter. <laughs> and that's me. Uh, David Hume. David Hume's favorite tweet. And from Scottish Twitter. Uh, and the reason you're here is to introduce our hit segment where we talk about our burn of the week, but we say Oh, like I couldn't I couldn't take that from you, Jack. I think you should do it. Okay, I'll do it, and it goes like this. It's our <gasps> blah, 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 blah. Bairn, which is Bairn. Scottish for baby, and of it works the with the theme of this podcast, which is time-traveling baby. Can I go now? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Okay. And it's our burn of the week. Did you have one? I just kind of a burn light book this You know week. what I realized from speaking with David Hume just now? Yeah. My Scottish accent isn't as bad as I thought. Terrible. It's, it's your no, Scottish- no, no. Me, Tanner Greenring, mm. just hearing an authentic Scottish accent from a real Scotsman. Oh, it sounds a lot like what you would do if you... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I assumed I had a really bad Scottish accent. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. I, it's, I, I'm having trouble poking holes in the argument there. Right. I think it's perfect, and I think our Scottish listeners will agree, and our Irish listeners will certainly not be upset <laughs> in any way. <laughs> Um. Uh. This was a burn or a barren light week. Well, it was a barren heavy week because there are lots of babies. Barren heavy, book, and we are uh, babies, and we're the same guys, but we're baby guys. But there were not many burns in the book. And uh, would you like to tell me the one that you captured? Sure. Okay. It might be the only burn. Okay. Yeah. There's only one burn. Claudia comes mm-hmm. over during the whole skunk incident mm-hmm. to visit with Christy. Shortly after Pat has left and the kids are all learning how to be Mm self-sufficient, Claudia ripped open the popcorn. She brought popcorn. Mm -hmm. Oh, pew, she said. 
This popcorn stinks. I took the bag to smell it. That's when I noticed Louis scratching at the screen door to come in. I leaned over and pushed the door open for him. He ran in between my legs, and I lost my balance. The bag of popcorn went flying. Ugh, I screamed. It's Louie that stinks. What's that awful smell? Just then, Charlie came into the kitchen, followed by Sam. Something stinks, complained Charlie. What is it? Time to brush your teeth, Christy. <laughs> Tease Sam. Boom. Nailed it. Boom. Boom. Got it, Christy. It's time to brush your fucking teeth because you smell like a skunk. You smell like a skunk. You're disgusting, you shitty shit mouth. Shit teeth smell, smell like, like skunks. A skunk. Right. Um, and that's a burn. And uh, there's another burn in this book that I, I hesitate to bring up. But uh, since you did take the only like official sanctioned burn. Do you burn, want to tap someone in to do it for you? Um, Anyone from history? <laughs> someone from history. I can't think of anybody. Okay. Someone bad. Gallagher. Not a ga- I'm not going to do Gallagher. Maybe you could do the joke and then smash a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be. It's Gallagher. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay, and Gallagher's here. Bogus. Yo, hey Gallagher. Hey guys, We've come back in time to help us. You need to help us save the future from killing Lakeland. Just want to say I'm so so grateful to be here. Um, and I used to be a lot of fun, but I think I'm. I think you're now. canceled. Yeah, for and something. You're gonna love this joke. Okay. Um, and it's Christy talking about uh something her mom told her. She told me that during the years they were married, she and my dad argued a lot. Sometimes he'd say things like, I'm fed up with this life, or I'd be better off without you and the kids. Oh, I just smashed a watermelon! Oh, and then you smashed the watermelon, right. right. And it's a burn on Elizabeth, because Patrick is fed up with the life that they're spending together, and he feels like he'd be better off without her and the children, and he does abandon them all yeah and i'm still looking up he was on an episode of what the fuck yeah famously he walked out with mark Marin. walked out famously and he stormed out and i think he said something racist there great um well um, oh here's a vulture article gallagher said racist stuff on a podcast again <laughs> okay perfect Great. Well, I'm glad we brought him onto the show. Tanner, what so, like? So, great okay. having you on. And please, and mm. please, Gallagher, Gallagher, please, 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 please. Yeah. Do not say anything racist on this show. <laughs> All right. I know you like to, and I know you have that habit. Yeah. But control yourself this once. Mark okay. Marion can take that kind of heat. We cannot. Yeah, we can't do it. Okay. Do you want to say anything, Gallagher, right now? And please control yourself. He's doing that, like, he's, like, doing that zipping his mouth shut motion. Okay. He doesn't even want to say goodbye. Which is not great for audio, but right. no, I don't think so. He's just stepping into the time he's, machine. Yeah. He's doing the zipper mouth thing and he's just stepping yeah. backwards. He's not going to help us. He's not going to help us with our book report at the end. We were having a good conversation. Oh, come on, Gallagher. Um. Okay, that was great. I'm glad we did that. Um. And we've got time for one short more segment and okay. um, the way we introduce it is by um, we say um, the Terminator. I don't know why you cry but it's something I can never do 
uh, and it's a T eight hundred, and I knew, always knew that. Yeah, I knew that always too. Um, and he says, um, uh, "There is no T one hundred. There's a T one." Yeah, uh, which yeah. is something I know. Yeah, exactly. When we said T one hundred, we meant it's like a hundred T ones, and uh, so we know more about this than anybody. And uh, and he says. Um, Why'd you throw my arm in the water? Who? Nope. And it's not. And you know it's not water, right? And it's not. I don't think it's his arm. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to work with me on this. I, I can't. Can I be T? Can I be T? One hundred this time? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm throwing what your it, arm in the water. Please do not throw. It's Eddie Furlong. <laughs> it's not water. It's high lava. <laughs> You're not my dad. And uh, I never wanted to. I never tried to be your dad. <laughs> You're thinking of the hit movie Jingle All the Way, <laughs> starring Anakin Skywalker. And I'm throwing your chips in the water as well. No, please. And it's not. <laughs> it's not water. <laughs> it's not water. It's from Kindergarten Cup. I bet you don't know why I am crying. I know now why you cry. Great, and it's our segment where we say why we cried, why and we I cried. did uh, cry a few times in this book, but oh, Jesus, this one really got me. You know it's lava, right? It's this is iconic scene. He throws himself <laughs> into the lava. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, yes, I, I am assuming you've seen it many times. <laughs> uh, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. I was sad and confused after Dad abandoned us. I wondered what I'd done wrong that would make my father want me to leave me. Even David Michael, who was just a baby, noticed that his daddy was missing. He kept asking for Dada. During those first months after Dad... Oh, and it's Dada. Dada. Okay, so it's not sad. It's not sad. He's just a curious, intellectual young boy. And he wants, like, Salvador Dali... He's interested in subversive postmodern art. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that. Then, uh, then my one is negated. Okay. It, yeah. And uh, do you have one? It sounded like yours is going to be sad, so I'm I'm happy to kind of like shift the mood and uplift you with yeah. uh, a happy cry. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's perfect. Christie's dad, Pat mm-hmm. Bev from the LA Clippers, shows up and mm-hmm. he gives her a baseball glove. It's a very thoughtful gift because she needs one. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it's right-hand glove and she's left-handed. She goes to exchange it at the store and discovers that it was a freebie at a sports writer's convention. Right. So she's feeling pissed off at Pat Bev and heads home and admits everything and says, I've been spending time with Patrick Beverly from the LA Clippers and he skipped out on me and gave me the shitty glove that doesn't even fit me. And then this happened. Uh When I came downstairs for dinner, not long after Patrick Beverly skipped town, everyone in our family was already in the dining room. I pulled out my seat. A big box with a purple ribbon was on it. I looked up and everyone was grinning at me. What's this? I asked. A present, said Charlie. It's from Daddy, Andrew added. It's from all of us, Karen corrected him. Daddy just picked it out. I looked around at my family. 
Thank you, I said. Thank you very much. Open it, said my mother. I put the box on the table in front of me, untied the ribbon, pulled off the cover, and looked inside. A baseball glove, I said. Just what I needed. Everyone laughed because I'd been saying I needed a new glove for weeks now. It was a glove for a lefty. I put it on. Then I hugged Watson, and I patted him on the shoulder with the mitt. Thanks, I said. That's her real dad. That's her real dad. Watson's her real dad. Watson is daddy. That's beautiful. Lisa's mommy, Watson is daddy. Um, and I just come to the time of the podcast where we summon all of the historical figures that we've spoken uh, with. Uh, Can we over the course recall of the all episode? Of them? And they are going to uh, help us write our book report, which uh, Jeannie has actually Jean. uh, um, written herself. Right. Um, and if we pass it, hopefully we'll save the future. Right. Um, and I'm going to write it into the uh, iBooks reviews. Okay, and I'll summon all of the characters that we've spoken to so far, um, starting with Babe Ruth. Okay, great. Um, Hey, it's me, Babe Ruth. Just read the the book report. I'm going to do one line of it, eh? Okay. (laughs) Forget about it. B plus. Okay, great. Thank you, Babe. Okay, great. And he's stepping into the time machine, and he's off. Yep. Uh, Next is Genghis Khan's interpreter. <laughs> okay, hey, it's Genghis Khan's interpreter. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna um, do all the speaking for Genghis. It's Khan. all right. I didn't, I didn't catch your name. Uh, uh, um, uh, Alan. Alan. Yep. And uh, here we go. Uh, very good work, Genie. Yes. Jean. And Tanner. Yes. And adult baby Jack. Uh, you related incidents from Christie's life with insight and humor. Right. Great. Thank you, Great. Alan. And, uh, we'll and thank have, you, Genghis. Yeah. And we'll have Isaac Newton come yeah, okay. now. Uh, hello. Yeah. It's me, Sir Isaac Newton, known mm. virgin. <laughs> I didn't realize, Gene, that you were so accomplished at athletics and business. Great. Thank you. And You're welcome. We have Gauss now. And Carl Gauss, the mathematician. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that was you. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you, Jeannie uh, Rodens, uh, and it's Gauss's gene. Jeannie uh, runs the Babysitters Club and a softball team for younger children. Okay. Okay. And then it was Captain Gordon, the fisherman. Ah, I'm impressed. Okay. Great. Thank you. It sounded like. Um, Harrison Ford. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> and uh, now uh, David Hume. Da- and it's me, David Hume, <laughs> the famous Scottish physician. Yeah. Is that right? Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gene, keep up the good work in English, too. Jack Shepard. And Tanner Greenring. Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this one. Yep. And and Gallagher didn't have one. He wasn't included. No, he's not Because he got canceled. Yeah. Um, what do we say? San Dimas rules? Mm-hmm. San Dimas rules. Yep. Things <laughs> <laughs> more moderner than before. Bigger. And yet smaller. 
It's computers. San Diego's high school football rule! Um, and we're gonna leave. Okay. Do we do we save the future? Uh, we'll see. Okay, we're gonna it's find out. It's not for us to know. It's not for us to know. Um, uh, thank you for bearing with me, Tanner. Thank you for bearing with us, uh, baby babies. Um, this was a fun one. And next week we're gonna be reading the final portrait collection book. Uh, this week we read Chrissy's book. Next week we're reading Abby's book. We're gonna learn about Abby. Seems like a slight to Mallory and Jesse, who are. Much more well known and yeah, much what the members fuck? Of what the fuck? That is such a good point. Yeah. Please check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. It is a whole other show that comes out every week and it's the Little Sister Books and it's very, very fun and we sing the descriptions. And uh check out our merch. And we talk about the kids and Mrs. Carman's class. Yeah, we do, yeah, I, yeah. It's very good. All the kids in Mrs. Carman's class and and in Miss Carman. And um, buy our merch. Bit.ly slash bscc merch. There's a bunch of shirts, and by the time you hear this episode, a sticker pack. Yeah, and it kind of incorporates a lot of the fun designs by both Baby B John and non listener Shayna into yep. affordable and fun stickers for your Visco bottles. <laughs> that's cool girls. that's very yeah. cool that's very topical uh this week i have been jack alexander shepherd my name is tanner and please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom drown all your dolls call your senator and demand your right to bear time and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as i do fight the future we are handprints in the cement of time claudia's wearing a bra sandemus rules and the way she talks you would think that boys had just been invented My are bars are going, and bars I'm going. ripped and roaring and ready to rip and roar and rip and rip tear. and roar, ripping and a tearing, ripping and a tearing. Good, ripping and a tearing. One of these days, I'm gonna watch that later. One of these Siri, days, hey Siri, d- you and I are. Hey Siri, be... remind me to watch the ripping and the tearing <laughs> video at 10:30 tonight. Okay, your reminder is set for tonight. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna watch Club Hedonism. <laughs> It's a good one. Oh, have you read? Um, have you read? Oh, God damn it! It's a it's a sci-fi story about a future monk. Sci-fi story about a future monk. Um, uh, yes, it's a classic. Canical for Leibowitz. Yes, Canical for Leibowitz. That's going to be you and me with Ripon and a tearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't okay. you think? It's we'll like, be like the apocalypse uh, will happen, and but we'll be monks who are like walking through the desert, and all of the world's like knowledge is lost. But what we'll be we like have carefully illuminated. This. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've lost the context for what it is, but we just know that it's a ripping and a tearing, a ripping and a yeah. tearing. Uh, just trying to keep it alive because we were told that it was vital information for when we rebuild the world.
I assume this isn't in the episode yet, but baby babies, go and look up um, Hedonism 2, Rippin' and a Tan. I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, you can be a canticle for Leibowitz monks, too. Yeah. How many times you say you've been here? 40 times. 40 times. For, why, why, I mean, why, what, what brings you to hedonism that many times? The wild women, the wild, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. That's what I'm talking about. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>